Hey, this episode of Bass Freaks is brought to you by MXR Bass Innovations. MXR has been a leader in guitar effects for over 45 years. MXR Bass Innovations creates bass effects pedals from the ground up, each one specifically designed for bass players by bass players. Not repurposed guitar pedals, but their overdrive, fuzz, EQ, preamp DI, octave, distortion, compressor, or chorus, these tried and true stomp boxes are designed by Dunlop's award-winning team of bassists and engineers. Go to jimdunlop.com and check out MXR Bass Innovations for your bass effects. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Dunlop Presents Bass Freaks, the place for all us bass freaks to chat it up, gain a little insight and inspiration, and have some fun. I'm your host, Josh Paul, and today we welcome the awesome Peanut from 311. In parentheses, you can see me throwing my hand at you, but I, I appreciate the compliment. You're super sweet. It takes one to know one. High fives all around. Dude, thank you so much for doing this. How are you, man? Yeah, uh, great. Happy to do it. Um, it's fun to talk music. It's fun to talk bass player. Uh, it's fun to talk effects. Uh, it's fun to talk. It's nice to interact with people. Yes, sir. Speaking of that, how's everything been for you during this uh, year-long quarantine pandemic session that we've had? It's the weirdest thing. I was totally asking the universe for a, a year off because you know I've been touring since I was... 18 and it's it's nice to really take a break but um you know like at the beginning of last summer i really realized i was getting kind of down um from not being in the routine of, of what i'm used to and seeing so many cities and all that so it's been a it's been a little balancing act um soaking up the family i've got a seven-year-old and a 10-year-old uh, oh that's uh, awesome me and my wife are celebrating our 20th anniversary coming up in a few weeks. So it's been really great being home, but you know, you never know how much you miss traveling until you take a year off from it. Right. I hear you. I, I feel pretty much the exact same way. Um, what, uh, let's see, let's talk about your history. Tell me, tell me, sure. I know you guys have been a band for what, over 30 years. Am I correct? Yeah, in June it'll be thirty-one. Oh my goodness, that's yep. crazy to to have that long of a career in in one band and just still doing it. I yeah, have to say same, that's pretty. Same guys too. Oh, is it awesome? Yeah. That's really yep. iconic. Actually, was that your first band? Yeah, totally. I mean, I was in little garage bands, but we never played any shows besides maybe like a party here or there. Uh, and by the time I ran into Chad, our drummer, and he knew Nick and Tim, so the pieces were kind of already in place um, at the at that introduction, and I've known Chad since I was 15. Oh, wow. And I've known Essay since I was probably eight or nine. He was actually a friend of my brother's who's three years older than me, and they were in the same grade together. So I've always known him as you know very talented, uh, very awesome person ever since I was single digits. So it's a, uh, it's kind of meant to be, you know, we're like, uh, we're family in, in, in the, in the most real sense. And, uh, we, me and Chad had girlfriends that were sisters and they, they were like, Oh, you got to meet this bass player. Oh, you got to meet this drummer. And I, I, 
I, uh, I went to his house one day with my bass and we played fight like a brave and by the chili peppers, of course. And, nice. uh, and I just attached my wagon to him and I'm, and I'm never letting go. Dude, that is amazing. I, I, I can't even express the amount of respect I have for that. That's beautiful. Um, was it always bass for you? When did you start? Uh, I played violin from second grade until fifth grade or something like that. And then uh, started playing bass at 11, which was right around the same time. I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to learn two instruments at once. <laughs> and, uh, and I really realized that that violin was, was kind of limiting for what I wanted to do with music. Like I wasn't really listening to a bunch of orchestral music and and I'm and I'm meant to get a violin for decades now and still don't have one in the house but yeah uh, I was always bass I always I always when I'd go over to friends houses that were musicians or were learning to be musicians there was a guitar laying around a piano laying around which I really wish I would have learned when I was a kid and a set of drums here and there too which my mom would have been like no way <laughs> I think I think if, if it would have been up to me I would have probably started on drums but my mom was like, nah, you got to have something with a, with volume control. Right. Yeah. I started so on bass was an easy fit. Oh, awesome. I actually started on drums and, uh, we moved into an apartment so I couldn't play drums anymore. So I picked up the bass, but yeah, I, I get it. I get your mom. <laughs> how many, how many drummers lives were, were stunted by the, you know, the practical reality of living in a house or an apartment totally. even, even to a higher degree. I was a little Lost bit drummers. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so you you started off really early on violin, switched over to bass. Did you take lessons? Were you self-taught? Yeah, I was taking lessons, but it, it was really it was such a casual, you know, scene at the guitar shop uh, Russo's in Papillion, Nebraska. Um, that it was my teachers were always like, "What are you listening to? What do you like?" And we'll figure it out and we'll tell you why it's cool. You know, I'll, you know, he'll like, um, you know, take it apart and put it back together again and, and we'll, uh, we'll make it, make it work. And one of the first things I brought in was the uh, bass solo from Metallica, uh, Cliff Burton's masterpiece, Anesthesia oh. Pulling Teeth. Yes. And he was, he was like, we can figure this out, but it's going to take a month. You know, and, and it did. We figured it out piece by piece, really slowly. He had one of those like tape players that you could slow the speed down so you could get the notes right. Oh, nice. It was a trip. That was some future technology back then. <laughs> and I think it's the only way we could figure out how to transpose the music back then because there wasn't any notation for it. Not that we could find in Nebraska. But I and after learning that and playing it a million times and having it in my head for forever. But back then, as I learned it and as I was learning it and, you know, not perfecting it, but getting it good enough, I, I was boosted in confidence to the stratosphere. Like this is a solo with a trillion notes and I can, you know, I can play anything after, after that was, was kind of my mindset. Uh, which was totally false, but but it was a it's a good it's a good springboard to jump a career off of. Is that I, kind of un, undying confidence? Oh, dude, I think that's pretty impressive, though. <laughs> Do you have any tapes or anything of you jamming that? 
I wonder. I mean, every, I'll bust it out as a solo every once in a while at, at shows. Oh, cool. If I can't, th- if I can't think of something I want to play, or if I'm not feeling like making up something that I that I want to play, it's uh, it's nice to have have in my trick bag. I'm gonna have to learn that from you because I never learned it. So, oh, it's so fun. We'll we'll do that sometime soon when we can actually cool. meet in person. <laughs> do a harmony a harmony part. For yes, it. I'll do like do like the major third or the or the perfect fifth for it i'm gonna hold you to that man that'd be <laughs> cool that'd be super cool um were there any influences that you had um as far as bass goes players sure. and- i mean yeah outside of cliff burton who was a huge influence um steve harris was was really between steve and and cliff that's why I play bass is uh, I saw them as like lead bass players. Yes. Yes. Where, where the, yeah. They were still foundational of course and serving the song, but, but adding to it in a way that only bass players can do and only flamboyant bass players at, at you know, in their cases can really pull off. And I thought that was really interesting because the instrument is so young and people were, I don't know. It always seemed like kind of a compromise sometimes, or a, you know, maybe play over there in the background. Don't don't jump in the front of the stage, kind of thing. And yeah. as these flamboyant writers and players and personalities of uh, Cliff and Steve really made me want to explore that possibility. And then I, you know, I, I ran into Flea musically, um, picked up the album Freaky Styley, um, probably it. around tw- twelve or thirteen. Uh, as as my older brother introduced me to all kinds of good stuff, and then uh, you know Les Claypool, of course, um, as a kid playing the instrument, really seeing someone that's almost more cartoon than person play the instrument as such too. Just like I'll do whatever I want, you know, I'll yeah. I'll tap, I'll, I'll mute, I'll play, a, I'll slap a fretless six string. It was like okay, well, now that all the rules are broken. I'm going to try and, you know, write my own story. Dude, I have to say watching you play um over all these years. I don't I don't I think we've maybe met once or twice just briefly, possibly, but yeah. we haven't really hung out and been able to have a full conversation like this, but um you have you you portray joy when you're playing, I think, <laughs> and good vibes, man. And and for me, that's so huge. Aside from all the cool shit that you're doing playing wise, I think that you just look like you love what you're doing and it, it really speaks volumes. It, it shines through. So good on you on that one. Um, Thank you so much. Palms up. I mean, you, you, you admit the same vibe, you know, it's, it's just, I love, I love playing, but I wouldn't be satisfied just being locked in a room trying to figure out a song you know that's 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 fine here and there and 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 it works and i'm looking forward to more situations like that but i've really found my my voice or my myself even on stage performing like i love i love performing as much as any aspect of of being a musician There's, there's nothing like it you do it well man speaking of finding your voice um I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but by by forming your own band with these dudes and and growing with each other and evolving, you were able to really um, invent your sound 
in your identity, not only with the band stuff, but with your playing. Because when I hear you play, I'm like, oh, I know that's Peanut, and nice. and the music that you guys wrote and performed, um, you really had a unique sound. It is, you know, it's still it's funky, it's rock, it's um, some reggae type rhythms and everything like that with some. It's just to me, I just smile every time I hear you guys play. So nice, um, yeah, that's the that's, that's did, what we're trying for. How did that? Tell me about the journey. Tell me about your approach to writing it and how you guys found that. Oh, I, I think you yeah. personally, you know, right. Well, I mean, in the, in the band, I, I, I was listening to lots of angsty, loud, you know, this is hard. This, you know, life is hard kind of, kind of music. Yeah. And, and it was refreshing to run into a, a group of guys you know, Nick and S.A. in our singers, respectively, um, that were not into that at all. They were into positivity and longevity and, and all these things that were kind of like, you know, made me like dog dog whistle my my head like, oh, that's that's such a such an interesting way to go about life. And and yeah, just it played into the music. I remember Nick sitting down and being like, we don't want to be like the, we're not the angry band, you know, with, with all the Seattle sound that was going down in the, in the very early nineties. Um, it was something that we knew would separate ourselves from what was the driving influence at the time. And that's really who we, who we were. Like it, it would have been an act if we were trying to be upset or frustrated or in any of these things that come out really well in other musicians um, you know, works and pieces and, and thoughts, but we just, we're just not like that. Life was good in the, in the Midwest. It's, uh, you know, it's gorgeous for at least a couple of seasons and, and it was fun making music together. So we didn't really have anything to complain about. So we didn't, you know, so we just, we were just into like lifting up, um, our, our own positive mindset and, and it's uh, it's made it one of the reasons why I think people still listen to us is, um, you know, it, it makes it easy to get out of the bed if you're a, if you're a 311 fan and just put it on, hopefully feel better. If anything's getting in your way, you'll figure it out. You know, you're, you're bigger than the, the problems that you're running into. And all those things have made it, uh, you know, easy for journalists to kind of dismiss us. And, and then also at the same time, just we can write our own story and no one, no one really gets in our way. So it's, it's kind of great like that. I agree with you, man. Um, as far as writing and your approach to, um, coming up with your bass lines and, and the sound and the relationship you have with your drummer. Can you tell me how you approach that? I mean, the way I write is all improv, you know, I mean, <laughs> give me, a, give, me a beat. Yeah, give me a beat. Yeah. Give me, give me a beat and I'll come up with something, you know, right I, I did a session with DJ lethal uh, a few months ago and he just played a beat and he left the room and let, let me have at it for, you know, an hour more yeah. or less. And every once in a while he'd open the door and, uh, and, and be like, you're doing great. <laughs> and then just disappear. <laughs> and it's just, it's just so, I love creating like that. That's the, that's the funnest way for me. I mean, I can, I can figure things out if I need to, and I'm getting more and more into 
um, laying down uh, keyboard parts and chords and then coming up with a bass melody and stuff like that. Uh, cool. My wife's birthday was last week and I, I wrote her a song and awesome. the, the chords kind of came first. And then I came up with a melodic line, which Nick, our, you know, our singer helped me with. And uh, yeah, it's just great kind of advancing on that. So as I am stuck in a, in a fixed situation uh, where I have a, a lot of time to write, I am using more and more tools instead of just my, my base you know, my bass skills. Bass uh, ripping. I love, yeah, I love, I like writing beats. I like laying down chords. I like adding other instruments to it. Um, I never really had my pedal board at home before. So having that as, a, you know, easy access just really opens everything up as far as creatively. So, uh, you know, shout out to Dumlop for my, for my MXR stuff that I just adore. Boom. I use that stuff too. And uh, we're, we're actually um, alike in so many different ways when it comes to approaching um, creativity and also productivity and staying busy and trying to stay positive through, through all of this time. Because um, like, like you, you know, I've been touring since I was 18 straight. This is the longest I've ever had off, but uh, you know, I've been able to stay creative, do things that I haven't done in a while and spend so much quality time with my family. So I'm grateful for that. Yeah, it's perfect. I mean, it is what it is. It's not, it's not easy, but I think, I think the kids are, we, me and my wife were talking about it the other night. I think the kids are going to see this as really like a, a, a great time. You know, it was limiting, but it was so rich. Like we're taking such good care of each other and we're, you know, we're, we're within each other's grasp and uh, enjoying that as much, as much as we humanly can. Right on, man. That's what it's all about. Dude, let's talk about your gear. Um, basses. I know you're playing Warwick. Are you still? Is it the thumbs or the streamers? What do you use mostly? I usually use streamers. Um, my signature series is based off of a streamer. Um, that's what I play on stage. But I love having uh, lots of instruments around just in case I want to try something else. Yeah. But nothing really, like nothing ever really beats my 2005. Uh, signature series from from Warwick. I've I've put it up against everything that I have, really? and it always just yeah, just always just kind of, kind of comes out on top. That's I don't home know for you. What it is? Yeah, <laughs> nice. It can tell, do anything. Tell me about it. Um, it's a uh, it's a uh, here's here's a here's my secondary version of it. Um, I know we're we're not on video, but it's gonna make it easier to talk about. Um, I. I uh, designed the inlays, which are like yin yans. I mean, are they're like um, spirals, as you can see. Awesome. And uh, and I and I had them put on a a, a a drop D hip shot style tuner on the B string, so I can hit a low A. <laughs> what gauge strings do you use for that to get down I'm heavy there? Metal. Yeah, um, <laughs> metal. <laughs> Metal. This is a 130. Okay. I, yeah, I do uh, 40, 60, 80, 100, 130. Nice. Which strings are you using? I'm using GHS Boomers. Okay, cool. Right yep. on. Battle, Battle Creek, Michigan for life. And, uh, you know, I had them uh, do the pickup situation different um, with a humbucker so I can have that little, you know, whatever music man kind of meat to it. Yeah. 
and uh, the jazz in front. Um, why is but, why is the why is the because the jazz pickup is angled? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That was one of their suggestions. I, I probably wouldn't have picked it out like that, but now I'm so used to it, I can't play without it. And then, was there uh, a reason my, for that? I don't know. We, okay. we need to ask. We got to ask the Germans. Yeah, we got <laughs> ask the Germans. But my, I'm always uh, my signature series has a, a sandwich right in the middle of Purple Heart. So we change ah. the tops and the backs, but always have uh, Purple Heart in the middle. Amazing, dude! That is awesome. It's a beautiful bass. Um, oh, I love it. Love it so your, much. Your tone, your tone is pretty growly. It always cuts through all of the stuff that you, at least recording that I've seen. Um, wh- which amps are you using? I'm using Warwick uh, Hellborg, their Hellborg stuff. Oh, cool. Which I think okay. they they've stopped making. So uh, repairing it is is interesting. God, but they gave yeah. me one of the first rigs. I've got like single digit number. Uh, serial numbers on the back of a bunch of my speakers when you're out there because i know you guys are doing huge huge shows how many let's let's be real how many uh how many cabinets are you using for real i'm using um i've got four what is it two by 12s and then four on on the top and then four um two by 15s i believe on the bottom so i use eight cabinets and i stack them uh 10s on top and 15s on the bottom and you're always running them all on yes yes. wow that is just a mountain of stage limit yeah Yeah. it's one of the first amps i've really been able to hear i was using swr um kind of in our golden golden age um and I could never hear it on stage. I mean, what I could hear sounded fantastic, but I could never push it loud enough to, you know, like be moved by it, like a SVT uh-huh. or something like that. Yeah. So I would, I would enjoy doing like fly dates and having that power of the SVT, but it really, you know, it was like playing, you know, like pudding. There was, there was no <laughs> kind of def- definition. Okay. So, I get that. So with, with Helborg, it has like the power and the meat and, you know, it's a, it's a good one, two punch where I'm, I'm clear, but I'm still like moving air like very we have cool. to do. Very, yeah. very, very cool. Um, which MXR pedals are you using? I've got on my board right now, I've got the bass octave, uh, the bass octave deluxe, the blue sparkly thing. Yeah, love that thing. And then I, and then I've got the bass envelope filter, the purple one. Ah. Yep. Trying to get funky and with it on that one. Got to do it. Yeah, gotta, man. Got to do it. Can't let can't let all the the funk guys have all the fun. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's see. So from your very first gig to now, what do you what do you think you've learned so far? In- oh man, that's. That's a good question. Ding. Um, <laughs> um, uh, I, you know, I don't know. Our, fir- our first show was, I'll, I'll figure it out as we talk about it. Okay. Our first show was with Fugazi in 1990 uh, wow. in Omaha. And I got to talk with them a little bit afterwards. I talked to the drummer for a little bit who, who said he had a horrible show, but it was incredible. You know, it was like a, a performance I'll never forget. I think he wasn't feeling good. So it was kind of a tough show to, to, to push out for, for him. Uh-huh. But I, I just, I don't know, like enjoy it. You know, and that's what I, that's what I took from them is they were 
like even in their kind of angry DC, uh, we don't sell t-shirts uh, kind of vibe. They, they were having a blast on stage, you know, sweating and going all over the place, kind of like a, like a Mars Volta performance where it's just, there's at least a little bit of chaos going on. And, and in some cases, a, a ton of chaos. So, you know, I think keep it, keep it interesting, keep it non-predictable and, and make a connection with the audience. I, I think, I think I, I, I learned that over time uh, just in being comfortable on stage eventually uh, that, that that's, pro- that's probably what I, what I learned the most. And um yeah, other than that, it's, yeah, it's just, it's really, it's, it goes along the same lines. It's just have, have fun, you know, it's, it's, this is a unique situation and uh, let's, let's make the best of it. I see pictures of, of like shows, even, even non-311 shows and I'm like, God, I miss that so much. So I think it was in me already um, one way or the other. Um, there's a lot of music on my dad's side of the family and my dad's like a, a ham and has been in a bunch of like, um, you know, acting and singing stuff. Oh, like very cool. Just, yeah. So he, he gets around and we share that, um, I don't know, kind of introvert, extrovert kind of, kind of personality. So, so yeah, it's just, um, it's a constant learning. I mean, I, I'm learning so much right now, being home, uh, studying other people's songs that uh you know i'm really thankful to to have the time so yeah just keep learning the 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 my takeaway here here i'll I'll come up with it finally is that um (laughs) you know like i said when i was a kid i thought i knew everything that i could play anything and that you know that's that's totally not true like enjoy being a student i think is what is what i learned and Uh. and i really and i always have even if i didn't really have it in the front of my brain that i was still a student i was always learning um, from the guys in the band and other bands that we played with, and then every every song I've ever heard. So maybe that maybe that's it. Enjoy being a student. That is a great lesson. Um, what? Uh, let's go back a little bit to um, your approach because your technique is is so great. You know, you do a lot of slapping stuff, and then you're you're digging in, playing around the beat quite a bit. Um, how did you? fall into that how did you create that sort of identity in your playing uh i mean it's just just what you're feeling yeah it's just i i guess it goes into like what's what's an interesting baseline what's an interesting song i think we're all kind of doing that in the band um like our our additions they should fit together right as as puzzle pieces Uh but it shouldn't be all the same color like, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a puzzle that's really diverse and maybe you'd solve it in different ways on different days. But yeah, I think what, what I wanted to do as far as the band project uh-huh. and myself included in that was that I wanted the musicians to like us. Like I thought, I thought if we had the musicians on our side from day one, that we'd, we'd, you know, we'd be successful in that way. You know, there'd always be an audience for us because we're playing interesting music that musicians can take apart and and learn something from or be entertained by. And if there's a casual audience that goes along with that, then then all all the better. But just to have that kind of musician focused, this is going to be a little different than what you're used to kind of mindset. 
is um, is is how we all kind of came up with our sound in the band, and, and and how I came up with my sound as a bass player. That's awesome. So, would you still say that, for example, playing to those loops or playing to a beat that that someone has laid down, you still take that approach even now? Oh yeah, for for sure. I mean, that the, most of the time when I'm recording for other people, I'll make a you know, like a anarchist baseline that probably won't work, you know, for the song, for the song or, or the, you know, the musician. And then I'll be like, okay, well, here's what you want. You know, right, here's right. what you, here's what you want, you know, maybe a little bit more syncopated, but, but I'll always try to give who I'm working for, who I'm recording with even in, and in the band, um, maybe a little too much, you know, see if they're open-minded to that. And in that way, I, I explore the ideas of, of what's possible and what's not possible. Um, and sometimes like fall flat on my face about it. I, re- I remember uh, working with Bobo from Cypress Hill mm-hmm. on a project and I gave him just, I gave him the nuttiest line I could because I, I knew Mixmaster Mike was going to be on the track as well. And and he his response back to me was, um, play it in key <laughs> and i was like oh oh man crush we were gonna have yeah crushed. i was like oh i was like i wasn't in the key like i thought it was whatever so i so i dialed it back and gave him exactly what he wanted and you know i'll 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 always do that i don't i don't mind being wrong or or trying to give too much um, because yeah. you can always fall back on like a traditional foundational even still interesting baseline but i i like I like pushing those buttons. I think experimentation is key and not being afraid to take things to the limit because you never know what's going to come up or what's going to happen. My ears a lot better now. That was, that was years and years ago. And I've, I've been, now you're in key. I've, I learned a lot <laughs> from just that criticism. I was like, Oh, okay. Well I got to stay in my lane a little bit, you know, maybe I'll, oh, okay. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be in my lane. oh man that is awesome i'm gonna have to say that even if somebody sends me a perfectly performed piece say dude um yeah that's cool and everything but can you play it in key next time (laughs) see what they say (laughs) yeah man it was was humbling dude what was your first bass i had a p copy um that was made by a company called phantom so it was like sounds mysterious it was mysterious. I played it so much and I couldn't wait to get rid of it. Um, oh, really? Second base. Yeah. It was just, it was, I don't know. It was, it was limiting. I don't know. I don't know why, but I got a, um, I got a Fender jazz special after that, which was their precision jazz combo okay. um, on, on a, I guess a jazz neck as I remember it. And man, I wish I had that bass still. That bass was, that bass was incredible. Um, what was what was your favorite thing about sparkle. it? Um, that I could get that brightness that I that I wanted to. Okay. That I was here. I was hearing from, you know, like Chris Squire and and even uh, Steve Harris, and then also like the pop songs going on. You know, with uh, with like, I don't know. I want to say Pino Palladino, but he doesn't really have that bright of a sound. Ooh, but but you can amazing. dial it. Oh gosh, masterclass. Yeah. Um, but you could dial back the brightness and and make it more thumpy and and wompy and 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 all that, which which is which is great. But uh, but yeah, I found the tonal diversity really like uh, appetizing. 
in my in my first fender awesome very cool and now you're you have a little bit to choose from and uh we we're grateful i would say yeah and i wouldn't be playing warwicks without norwood from fishbone oh yes you know hear hearing that growl and uh and his vocabulary on the instrument made me want to swim in those same waters as uh as you know the maestro norwood himself yeah he was definitely one of my influences as well and then being oh, in la yeah. getting to see them play so many times one of the best bands i've ever seen ever oh, in yeah. my life oh fishbone the the definition of leave it on the stage oh you know, yeah. or, <laughs> or take it take it to the stage like parliament said it's like yeah you know you oh you want to talk Let's take it to the stage and see what see what happens. Yeah, man. <laughs> so now that you're, you know, you're a successful bass player, and um, what do you do to practice to keep you moving forward? Oh, I'm obsessed with this YouTube channel. Um, there's this guy. I think he's in Austria. Maybe maybe I'm getting the country wrong, but he's he's way out east. <laughs> across the pond, across the pond, and he's got a he's got a um, a page called Cover Solutions. Oh, cool! And he's got like seven hundred thousand subscribers. He's been doing it for years and years, probably like six or seven years now. And speaking of Pino Palladino, I learned uh, every time you go away, ah. uh, you know, like last last week as I was this or, line right. Yeah, the fretless line that that is just incredible. And I've just been kind of trying to challenge myself looking for, you know, what are the most difficult bass lines or iconic lines that a lot of people can't play. So I went through Roundabout by Yes, uh, Rio by Duran Duran, and and Every Time You Go Away, which is actually a, a Hall & Oates song that Paul Young covered a few years later with Pino on the bass. So that means that he doesn't even get credit for writing that line. I'm, I'm assuming. Right. Uh, I've heard that uh, story so many times, man. Uh, yeah. Um, it's not, same... it's not his composition, no, but he wrote yeah. all over it. Yeah, he did. Oh, it's so fun. I'm, I have a hard time not like leaning on those lines because they're so, they're so unique and they're oh, so, epic, they're so dude. new to my yeah. vocabulary. Yeah. Love it. So, so yeah, I'm learning all kinds of other people's songs. Um, I Want You Back by the Jacksons is supposed to be one of the more difficult kind of unruly bass lines to tackle. Um, and I've learned a bunch of songs from artists that I never would have heard of before because of this YouTuber. So if you go to his page, um, you'll find stuff that you've never heard of before and stuff that you've heard over and over again. And his, uh, his format is really easy to understand and, it's just it's just fun to go to YouTube, uh, type in cover solutions, and just see what he's got going on. I'm gonna have to check that out too because I need to it's learn amazing. some more covers. I need to add that into the repertoire. <laughs> Outside of music, dude, what brings you joy? Um, I mean, the, the family for sure. Um, the kids, watching them grow up, watching them. Um, where I'm taking them to, to piano class you know in like an hour or two and uh watching them love music um having them come up and where i'm sitting right now um be on my shoulders um doing requests you know i want to hear this next uh my seven-year-old is obsessed with okay go 
because their videos are so epic. <laughs> so after I'm done, like hopefully slaying some baseline, um, my son Clay will will put on OK Go and I'll and I'll I'll have a go at, at one of their songs as well. So it's it's fun being influenced by their influences and then yeah. you know pushing my own stuff on them as well. But I'm a I'm a I'm a movie doc. Uh, information, video game, um, kind of nerd as well. So all those things give me a lot of joy. You and books also, too. Oh, books. <laughs> I have, what is the? Uh, I have many leather bound books. <laughs> 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 You're on uh, social media a lot too. Can you tell everybody where you are so they can find you and reach out to you? I'm at I'm at Peanut on Twitter, uh, P N U T. I'm one of the the four four letter at which is rare and uh and on instagram i'm aaron underscore wills and uh yeah i I love i love being on social media it's fun for the most part it can be a little maddening but uh but that's okay such as such as life it can also be a lot of it can also be really rewarding can't take it too seriously but have some fun with it and you got to take a break every once in a while which which I'll get good at someday. Me too. <laughs> me too. My wife will look over at me sometimes and say, what are you, do- are you still on there? Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Your new posts of you playing have been fantastic and your numbers are going up really nice on, on the Instagram. Oh man. Thank you so much. I'm having a lot of fun doing those. Um, it's really sort of freeing to be able to just create for nothing more than, you know, to make some music and play some bass. I would love to yeah, do one with you. We'll get like a uh, 16 bar beat going on and just play some bass. It'd be very cool. That'd be cool. We could we could trade off. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the grooves. All right. Beatles or Stones? Beatles. All right. Jamerson or Jocko? Ooh. Ah. Ah, both. <laughs> I, I said the same thing, man. Yeah, because, cause I, I, you know, the we'd be nowhere without the, you know, pop music that Jamerson laid down and, and his ability to be kind of an anarchist, but in key on those songs was, is, is mind blowing. And then Jocko rewrote the whole book. So, yeah. you know, was, there's a lot to learn from both of those. It'd be hard to ever pick just one of them. hundred percent. I love Bootsy too. What do you think about Bootsy? Oh yeah. I love Bootsy. Me and, me and Bootsy have a, have a little connection uh, he was the MC at a show we did out in New York on Randall's Island, um, where we were doing like collabs with other artists. Oh, cool. And uh, Wyclef Jean uh, came on stage with us and we did a song together. And when we got off stage, Bootsy was like waiting for me with these big giant arms. Oh, man. Uh, and he gave me the biggest hug. He's like, man, you got the funk. And I was like, <laughs> yes, you do. No, kill oh, me now. Oh, my God. What an experience. Uh, we, so we exchanged phone numbers and I've been to his place in uh, outside of Cincinnati on the Kentucky side and oh, cool. been in his his like dungeon of a recording studio and uh, and work together. Uh, I've written some 311 lines um, in Bootsy's presence. What? And 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 I think I'm sure that added to the you know the 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 spiritual mojo there within because he was like yelling in my ear. He's like yeah, like keep doing that. And I'm like, what? What did I do? What did I? I have no idea what I did. I'll find it. Play the tape back, and I'll, I can do it again. And he he gave me the most inspirational speech 
I'm pretty sure any musician has ever given me, he gave me the never quit. He's like, no, no matter what, you're going to get frustrated. It's coming if it hasn't happened yet. But don't, he's like, look me in the eye and tell me you're never going to quit playing music. And I go, Bootsy, I'll never, I'll never quit playing music. You know, I got, I got you. And he was like dead serious about it. He like cornered me and, and was like, the world needs musicians. You yes. know, and I'll challenge yes. every musician to, to stick with it forever. And I don't think it's a really difficult thing. I mean, maybe the relationships that you have with people in the band will change and your bands may, may or may not change. But you as an individual musician has to always kind of stick with it and spread that joy that we're, that we're talking about. So, yeah, let that, let that be a lesson to you all straight from Bootsy through me. Amen to that. Dude, thank you so much for hanging, man. I really do appreciate you. Um, everybody, fine peanut. Awesome bass player. Awesome dude. That is our show yeah. for today. Thank you for joining us. Stay healthy and kind. Spread love good vibes and inspiration and remember you got this follow your path and just play and like peanut and bootsy say don't give up keep going thank you to dunlop for making the show possible i'm josh paul hope to see you out there sometime soon and be sure to check out bass freaks wherever you get your podcasts cheers to you.